You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Today on the On Enquirer podcast, he's back, Jay Lehman, All-American linebacker and great football analyst for us here at Illini Enquirer. It's another season that means more Jay Lehman, and he's been great even when we've had to cover some bad seasons, but uh, he was especially great last year as Illinois had a breakthrough 8-5 season, so how does he expect Illinois to follow that up despite some key losses to the NFL? But he thinks Illinois has got some big strengths. He breaks those down. He's also got some concerns. And we break down the schedule a little bit, how Illinois will play maybe a little bit differently, offensively, defensively. What's the key for those coordinators uh, going into year one for Aaron Henry as the defense coordinator and year two for Barry Lunny as the offensive coordinator. So about 45 minutes of Jay Lehman breaking down football and previewing the 2023 Illinois football season. That's how I know it's game week. Jay Lehman is back on the Illini Enquirer podcast as we're just five days away from Illinois taking on Toledo. Jay Lehman coming up next on the Illini Enquirer podcast. With the busy fall season around the corner, you might be looking for some wholesome, convenient meals for your jam-packed days. Kids back in school, work is heating up again. Well, Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. You can refresh your healthy habits without missing a beat. Choose from 34-plus weekly flavor-packed, dietitian-approved meals, ready-to-eat, in just two minutes. Too busy running around during the day to think about lunch? Well, keep your energy up with lunch to go. Effortless, wholesome meals like grain bowls and salad toppers that are ready to eat when you're on the go. No microwave required. Or if you're looking for calorie conscious options ahead of busy season, try delicious, dietitian approved calorie smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. Or if you need an extra boost to support your wellness goals and feel your best for the rest of summer and the start of fall, try Protein Plus Meals, my favorite, with 30 grams of protein or more per serving. So this August, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Ready in just two minutes, no prep, no mess. So head to factormeals.com slash Illini50 and use code Illini50 to get 50% off. That's code Illini50 at factormeals.com slash Illini50 to get 50% off. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. It's Jay Lehman, Alana Enquirer football analyst, all-American linebacker. Jay, we're back for another football season. Glad to have you back, man. Let's go, baby. I'm fired up. You know, this is one of my favorite hours every Monday. And uh, what was so fun about last year is we got to talk about a lot of victories and stuff like that. So uh, I'm hyped up. I got the helmet in the background right here. So I got my, my swag on. ILL, let's go. Fam Illy. Well, obviously, the fan base is excited, as they should be, Jay, uh, with what happened last year. And, and I mean, I think the offseason was huge for Illinois to get, you know, some of these guys who could have been NFL players right now back for another year is significant, especially when you lost a lot of talent. So I want to ask you as a player, you have a breakthrough year. I know you weren't here for the 08 season after the 07 season, but how much does as a player, as a program, that breakthrough year carry over into the next year? Like how much does actually last year matter for this team? Well, I think when you look on a, on a macro level for programs across the board, it matters a lot. With Illinois, it hasn't seemed to matter as much, right? Because we've had we've had years and when we, when we then we've dropped off. You know, I look at uh, let's just talk about recent history and recent memory. You know, 2000, uh, 1999, they kind of break through year uh, beat uh, beat Michigan and Ohio State on the road. Uh, then then fell out of bowl contention when Kirk Kinder got hurt in 2000. 2001 you know, followed it up with a five-win campaign after a Big Ten championship in 2007. Uh, probably probably most anticipated season until now was 2008 and, um, uh, and, and failed to make a bowl. So uh, I, I would say it should build on itself. And what I, what I like, though, is this is happening a lot earlier, though, in Brett Bielema's tenure. That was year three, year four, year five, sometimes for coaching staffs. This is year three, and you really feel momentum, I, I believe, in number one, getting, you know, you, you have to recruit your own roster still, right? Uh, more, more than ever. Uh, not so much back then. Did a phenomenal job, as you mentioned, Jeremy, of recruiting his own roster. I think when you do that, you have a chance to win. Number two, I think overall, the sheer depth they're building is at a level we haven't seen in a very long time in Illinois at each position. And we'll go in and break that down. So that's really exciting to me. Number three, the mentality of, wait a second, not only did I win eight games, I was in it. I was in it to win it with some of the best teams in the country. Um, probably the second best team in the country was Michigan. I know they lost to TCU. Um, but you've got to take a lot of confidence in that. And this is a team in Michigan that uh, I believe won the – it's the Joe Moore Award, I think. I think it's called Joe Moore, which is the top, you know, lineman play two years in a row, right? And so we can go head-to-head with the very best in the trenches. And there's been many years well, we couldn't quite say that, Jeremy. So I have a lot of confidence in that. I think 
they have a lot of confidence uh, in regard. And, and I think the confidence streams from the head man, Brett Muma. I think Brett uh, is a guy that oozes confidence, very comfortable in what he's doing. Yeah, so you talked a little bit there, Jay, about what makes you feel good about this team. Uh, it's a little bit. A little bit. I mean, I, I, you guys can cut me off, you know. <laughs> but but it feel but it feels good in the trenches, right? Like, and, and you and I yeah. know, especially right. with one more year of the West. What wins the West usually is the team that right. is strong in the trenches, and to get three All Big Ten caliber offensive linemen back, to get Johnny Newton back for another year, Keith Randolph back for another year. Um, that just and then Seth Coleman and Gabe Ackes. We, we can go into those guys too. Like, that's that's one of the best offensive defensive line combinations in the Big Ten, not just the Big Ten West. Well, I mean, he, I mean. I would agree with that statement you just made. I, I'll take our front. I'll take our defensive front against anybody in the Big Ten. I really will. I, I mean, I, I don't know if I'd trade any of those. I don't, I don't think I'd – if you said, hey, I'll give you all of Ohio State's defensive linemen, all of Michigan's defensive linemen, I wouldn't trade them for Illinois' defensive line right now with wow. the experience and the dogs we have up front. And I mean that in a good – a dog is a term for, you know, just a bad – a great player, right? I mean, they, they, they've got um, some real physicality to them. And so um, – you know, what, what, what I love about uh, our defensive line is not only that they're great technicians, they're great guys, but they play with incredible effort. And then on the offensive line, um, you know, we have those three, you know, all Big Ten caliber guys. I think Isaiah Adams probably the probably the leader in that. But you, you asked the question, what wins the West? And what wins the West is, uh, quite frankly, um, defense and trench play. And I, I think if you're this team – you have to say to yourself, if you don't win the West, it's a disappointment in this season with what you have coming back. And I think that has to be the expectation. They seem to have that expectation, Jay. Yeah. I, I, and, and they should. And honestly, their expectation should be to win a Big Ten championship and, and you know, possibly, possibly get into the playoff. I know that sounds so far off, but you look at the schedule. And if they're able to get through, we'll talk about the September schedule. They're able to get to September, and they beat every team in September. You look at that schedule, you say, Illinois is even with about all these teams. I mean, I look at it that way. You get a couple things to fall your way. Now, we might be pieing the sky talking about playoffs and whatnot. Playoffs, right? We might be pieing the sky, but, not, but certainly not pieing the sky. This team should win or be highly competitive in the Big Ten West. And I think that's an exciting point to it. There's a lot of questions to be answered. We're going to attempt to answer those questions. But yeah. it, it, I think with three new coaches in the league, excuse me, four new coaches now with David Braun being the head coach, uh, this is the time to really pounce. Of course, everything changes next year. Yeah. What concerns, Jay, do you have about the line for the 2023 season? Well, the – I'll start with a quarterback. You know, I, we never really seen Luke Altmaier play other than me and you got to watch the spring uh, football scrimmage. And that was good to see Luke play. Um, if you read between the lines, between what Barry Lunny says and, and Brett says and what receivers say, um, they all say he's doing great. But why wouldn't you say your starting quarterback is doing great, right? Or that he throws a great ball. But, but, but I think that the passing game in general is going to take a step up. I but it's a concern for me because we weren't able to throw the ball downfield and it really hurt us late in the year when people crowd the box to stop chase Brown. So my concern is with the quarterback. Number one, number two is uh, related to that. Do we have a legitimate deep threat out of all these, these guys, these guys that we got Malik Gelsley is Pat Bryant. Take the next step. Does Casey Washington have an ability to uh, he's never really had an ability to stretch the field. He's been a good possession receiver, 
but can we, do we have anybody that can can Canary uh, Wilcher? I don't know if I pronounced his first name correctly. Correctly, Wilcher. Will Hank Beatty make some plays? What's Tip Ryman's role going to be? I thought Tip, uh, you know, obviously got voted as a captain. I've been high on Tip for a long time. I think he's an NFL tight end. I think he's got to have confidence catching the football this year, right? So it comes down to the offense, and I think what what I what concerns me as well is 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 a secondary that is. Uh, Green and probably their one of their most experienced. Taz Nicholson is the most experienced, but Matthew Bailey got some really, really great reps and great time last year. That seems to be out at least until Penn State. Um, and, and you know, re aggravated a foot injury, uh, according to what Brett says. He could be back sooner, he could be back later. So, um, those are my concerns that I that I come off, you know, just like that. And I also would say, um, we had some kicking issues last year, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I we, we were a little bit inconsistent early on. Fabrizio came in and I think nailed six or seven in a row. Um, but I, I want our punt and kicking game to be more consistent. And I know we were coming off of uh, James McCourt and Blake Hayes, and we're a little spoiled. But if we're going to play ball control in the style we do, we, we need to be good in the kicking game. So those are my concerns. Uh, notice I didn't say anything about the lines. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, and I, Luke Altmaier – We've seen the talent, Jay. You saw some spring ball. Uh, we actually got to see some of that. There, there's clearly arm talent. Um, we'll see how he processes all those things. I mean, we just got to see him with live bullets in front of him. So what does Illinois need from Luke Altmaier, and, and how does Barry Lonnie Jr. get it out of him? You know, it's funny because I think you asked me this question last year with Tommy DeVito, and yep. like any good interviewer, they got their ace in the holes, you know, for what the question is to ask. And uh, I think we, we thought Tommy would be good with his mobility – to we didn't know how good Tommy could throw the football, right? We didn't know how accurate Tommy would be. And albeit a lot of it was RPO, a lot of it was bubble screen, a lot of it was short throws. He was an accurate player, very poised, had some headiness to him, and, and for the most part took care of the football. Um, but we thought that Navito's legs were, were worth three to five first downs a game. And sometimes that was the difference. Sometimes his legs were the difference. You get in tight games, and this is across the board. I saw this in the, uh, in the, in the playoff game with Georgia and Ohio State. Although Ohio State lost that game, CJ Stroud didn't run at all during the season. And he ran for like 70, 80 yards in that game. And that could have been the difference in that football game, right? So when you get into tight football games, stuff breaks down. There's good coverage. There's good plays. Uh, protection breaks down. Can your quarterback make a play? And so I know Altmaier has, has been considered a pretty decent athlete. So I think, number one, can he pick up some stuff with his legs? I think when stuff breaks down. But but you're he's not in there to run the, run the ball. He's in there to throw the football. And – uh, what I liked about Luke when I saw him, first off, he has a very catchable ball, much like West Lunt had a catchable ball, but he's got a little bit more zip than West Lunt. I wouldn't say he's got a rocket for an arm. I don't say I don't see a Juice Williams ball out coming out of him, but you know, Juice would probably be the first day his ball wasn't the most catchable. Neither was Brett Favre's, right? So I mean, guys with the strongest arm doesn't necessarily have the most catchable ball. For me, it's about accuracy. You know, uh, Drew Brees didn't have the strongest arm, not the tallest guy, but very, very accurate, most accurate quarterback in NFL history. And so we look at accuracy. I wanted to, he was accurate during the scrimmage. I really like his release, you know, and reading up on him, you know, he it claim, claims that his catcher days helped him get the ball out quick. I do like his release. In this day and age where we got timing routes and you have a long Tebow windup, remember that was the, the, the death of Tim Tebow in the NFL is that his windup was really, really long. And I like Altmaier gets it out quick. I think that's what they're looking for in a Barry Lenny offense. And so, uh, but he's also, I've never seen the guy take a hit. I mean, as Mike Tyson always says, everything changes when you get punched. Everybody has a plan to get punched in the face. So can he, can he take a hit? You know, one of the knocks on West Lott was that he wasn't strong enough in the pocket. And just because you're, you know, a pro-style quarterback doesn't mean you can't be strong in the pocket. I say Tom Brady's one of the strongest people in the pocket. 
the way he stands and whatnot, what he did. So all those things. And then is he a leader, right? I think Tommy was a real leader behind center that maybe we lacked in prior quarterbacks. Not saying they were bad people, but I thought the leadership level with Tommy DeVito went up a notch. And that, that, that was exciting to me to see that from the quarterback position. And I know Luke is new here. I know he's only a sophomore on the field. But as a quarterback, when you touch the ball every play, you got to be a leader for your football team. So you've got to be that guy. Again, another long-winded answer, but a quarterback's an important position. No, Jay, and, you know, some fans, and, and you know, maybe earlier in my career, I would have thought, uh, it doesn't matter if he's making all the throws. Like the leadership, if he's not the most outspoken guy, which can be true, but like, I've seen enough of it at this level that it matters. You talk about it enough. The coaches talk about it enough. Like, you know, Brett Bielma talked about it with, with Brandon Peters, you know, those Tony Peterson talked about it with Brandon Peters. We need him to be more of a leader. And I think we saw it on the field, whether it's, you know, and it's not to throw these guys on the bus, but Brandon or Wes, when the offense is struggling, you need your quarterback to those people in the huddle to believe in him that he's going to go make a play because man, we've seen an offense get stuck in mud. So I'll let you answer. Like, why does it matter for a quarterback to be, a vocal leader or a leader in some way. I, it's two words, big Mo. And big Mo is something that in college football that is so devastating or exhilarating, just depending on what it is. I'm talking about momentum, right? It's a momentum game, right? When you got momentum, everything goes right. When you have, you don't have momentum, everything goes wrong. And a momentum starter is the quarterback or your leader. Your momentum stopper where you're like, hey, we got we, we to gotta really, you know, uh, we got to plug up the dam. It's, it's everything's coming through the like that right there is who a momentum shifter can be. There can only be a couple more. There's only a couple momentum shifters on your football team, right? Um, who can really say they can break the game open. And that's what somebody who can take the lid of the top off a of defense can do or a quarterback uh, or a, a, a big defensive lineman that can make a big sack at a critical time or a defensive back that makes a pick. Like you have to have momentum shifting players that can make momentum shifting plays. And if your quarterback is not a momentum shifter and is a game manager, you've got to get that from someone else, right? And I think momentum in this league, even more so than, than pro football, um, is so big that it, because these are young guys, right? These are 18 to 22 guys. Stuff's going great, it's going great. Stuff's going bad, it's going bad. So I think that's a big part of it. And that's why I think the quarterback has to be a leader. Yeah. What do you think of the weapons around Luke Altmaier? Well, you know, I know they've talked highly about Pat, Pat Bryant. Um, I, I, I think I've seen Pat get better and better and better. I think the first time I saw Pat on the field was probably Purdue two years ago. He got some reps. Uh, then the Iowa game, I think he played pretty solid. Um, so all that stuff. And then I saw him last year have a couple breakout catches and whatnot. I think Pat Bryant's kind of probably receiver number one right now. I, I might say that Malik Elzey with – his size and speed probably has a higher ceiling than a guy like Pat Bryant, but I don't think he's there yet. I think we'll see Elsie. I want to see Sean Miller play. I, I mean, it was, it was pretty devastating to have him get injured so early last year. Um, so I, I like what I see from there. And of course, Isaiah Williams, right? I mean, let's not forget about Isaiah, but he kind of gets lost because they use him a lot on, you know, short little sweet passes, little dink and dunks. But from what I hear, Isaiah's taking the next step as far as being a receiver. Remember, he's only two full years into being a receiver. And so I think he's still honing his craft. He's got the leadership. So again, I will take, I will take our receiver group. I think we went from, you know, mid to lower echelon last year to uh, mid to upper echelon right now. When you look at the big 10 West, at least, 
do we have a Marvin Harrison Jr. on the squad? I don't think anybody else has that other than Ohio State, right? But I think they're developed. I think they've got a lot of – I think Barry Lunny's had they've been a year in Barry Lunny's system. Um, I think Casey Washington's been steady. I think Tip Ryman's going to catch more balls. I think uh, Hank Beatty's going to make some plays. So there's – and, and I, I've heard Ashton Hollis's name come up too, you know, as a guy that's made progress. And, uh, you know, I've seen – he's a tall – big body guy, if we can get Ashton Hollis the ball and throw it up, that's always been the knock on Isaiah, just tough to hit in a jump ball situation, a contested catch situation, which I know he's working on. Yeah. Um, what do you think of the running back situation? I mean, there's no Chase Brown in this group that we know of, but yeah. I mean, Illinois, with as good as Chase Brown was, he was amazing, amazing last year. They were seventh in the Big Ten in rushing, Jay, like 50-something in the country. So I think we think of Chase Brown, how good – like. Can, can this rushing attack take another level without Chase Brown? Like, what do you think of how they yeah, approach the rushing? Question. Well, I mean, we look at Brett's history. I mean, he's going to run the football. And, you know, uh, you know, I played against P.J. Hill, who was a pretty good player. And then, you know, after P.J. Hill, I think it was Monte or Monte Ball. We changed his, I, I, we, we pronounce his names different ways. I'm, not, I'm still not sure which one it was. Uh, James John, White. Clay. John Clay. John Clay. Was, John Clay was after that, right? John Clay uh melvin gordon was was in was in that james white so i mean they he replaced him you know and that, that was more of a run centric offense so i think brett's always going to have a guy that can get be productive do i think we can be more productive um i don't know i am gonna say i'm gonna say I'm, I'm the jury's out on that um it, it's possible i think we're going to be more efficient offensively and more balanced because not everything's gonna go through chase but I think we're going to focus on throwing the football a little bit more because I think that's what they want to do. I think to win those games, they're going to have to. Do that. There's going to be times when we get up on people and ball control and run the ball. That's not to say I don't like Reggie Love. I think Reggie stepped in admirably when he had to. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a guy that really was the number three back last year. But when he stepped in, uh, you know, Northwestern game, played played great. I would say played solid against Mississippi State as well. Um and 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 to get Josh McCray back. I again I I never like to judge a football player when he's injured. I don't think Josh McCray was healthy the entire year other than the first quarter of Wyoming. I, I just, mm-hmm. uh, so I don't think it was a fair assessment of Josh McCray last year, obviously red shirted. And so I'm excited to see him play, but I'm also excited to see Caden Fagan play. You know, I, I think as Brett said in a press conference, I think, you know, when our guys are excited to see him play, you got something special, right? Cause obviously he's doing something in practice. Like, okay. You know, I, I'm excited to see Aiden Lawford play. Uh, I mean, suppose he's got a different gear. He's taking some to the house. Can he stay healthy? He's had issues being healthy. He's a different change of pace back. Um, yeah. I'm probably missing one of the other guys, but that's the, kind of the top four or five. And my Jordan Anderson, I know, was banged up. But 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 Anderson, you know, is, is, is kind of like a Josh McCray. I think those guys are going to battle for carries, and so is Fagan. I wouldn't be surprised to see Fagan or Anderson in a different position by the end of the year just to get them on the field. They're not saying they're not good running backs, uh, but I could see Fagan being an H back. I could see Fagan yep. being in being a tight end. I just think don't think you can keep those guys off the field that are they're going to find a way. And I think he's playing left guard on punt, according to, to Brett. You know, I mean that's a big deal for a freshman to be on a punt team. Uh, punt is a real deal. I mean th- th- this is a this is a game changing play. Most fans are like, oh it's punt. Okay, let's go get some uh, let's go get some beer. Uh, it's more like man, we can change the flip the field fifty yards, get a block punt. So it's it's important. Uh, you hear guys talk about LZ and Fagan, like they're different, like even the players, Jay. Who, who are the guys when, when you were junior, senior, that came in and you're just like, this guy, this, this guy's different? 
Well, there's there's a couple different things. I think. I mean, when we saw Vontae actually cover one on one the first time, Vontae Davis, um, nobody moved like Vontae in a box um, that I had seen in a long time. When I say in a box, you know, like in a ten by ten box, agility wise, like um, covering somebody. And he was also very, very physical for his size. Vontae could, Vontae could hit, but he was, his acceleration was next level. Um, you know, really it's been when he came to campus, it took me three and a half years to try to actually power clean 315 pounds. Okay. Aurelius has been on his second day and Regis, you know, comes up to it and just, boom, just praise. I'm like, man, where, where did this guy come from? And, how does he that strong? Okay. Yeah. And then, um, you know, of course, Martez Wilson came in and, um, you know, Martez, uh, we, we were actually roommates on the road. So he was my, he was my roommate when we, when we traveled and they would pair up younger guys with older guys and he was playing linebacker and whatnot. And, uh, Mar Martez, I just remember it, which is so easy. Like when I tried to get off blocks, it would be like, oh, Martez would go boom, boom. And I was like, man, what? Is it like, is it the hits? Is it the size? I mean, this is a guy that was, you know, 6'4", 245 as, you know, a freshman. And so yeah. those are guys that, 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 that pop off. Here's some other guys people don't realize is uh, uh, Derek McPherson was a really, really highly touted guy that came in probably uh, Zook's first year, had unbelievable athleticism. athleticism. He was a little bit, he, he was different. And of course, who can forget Rashard Mendenhall? I mean, Rashard, uh, you know, we used to joke that I the wound that kid had muscles, but when he showed up and I mean, he, he was, he was pretty yoked. And um, by the time he was a junior, uh, his last year, I mean, he was, I mean, you looked at that guy in the backfield, like I, you're making business decisions. Do I want to actually tackle this guy or not? So, you know, those are some of the players that I, I think about that I'm like, okay, these guys were, were, were pretty freaky when they, when they came in, there hasn't been a ton of Illinois, but Zook, Finally got it. I've told after I was left that Corey legit was similar as well as for, for, yeah. for a big perspective. Just to wrap up the offensive conversation, year two of Barry Lunny Jr. What's the necessary step there, Jay? Well, Barry knows they got to throw the football better, right? Um, they got to score more points. Uh, did they do a good job of taking care of the football and ball control? I would say yes, they did. But I don't think it was necessarily offense that he had – uh, under is it Frank Harris, who's the quarterback at UTSA, uh, who might be one of the best players in the country this year? Um, you know, I don't think it was that offense yet, but I think we're trending that way, and that's why I'm really looking for Luke Altmeyer to to stay to see what it actually looks like. I think Barry wants to throw the football down the field. This is an ex quarterback who's had all kinds of records at Arkansas. Yeah, he, he guys he wants to throw the football, but he also Illinois has an identity of running the football too. So what we're going to have both. But I would not be surprised to see them stretch the field more. Uh, just from what I know, when they look at the self-scout of last year, they just were not able to get chunk plays in the passing game enough. I want to take a minute and tell you about Home Field. They are a premium collegiate apparel brand based in Indianapolis. They emphasize their commitment to creating incredibly comfortable, officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs. They feature a growing collection of over 150 plus colleges to choose from, including, of course, the University of Illinois. Home Field designs are super unique, guys, because they delve into the archives and history of each school, including Illinois, and they use unique logos and iconic moments to create thoughtfully designed apparel. So if you go to Home Field, 
fieldapparel.com, you can see the 80s Illini football helmet that so many like. Flying Illini logo. The Illinois basketball logo from the 2004-2005 Illini team. The script Illini is there. And you guys, these are the most comfortable shirts. And that's what I love about Home Field Apparel. You get the comfort, but you also get authenticity and nostalgia. So I'm telling you guys, give their site a look. It's not the typical Illinois gear you usually see. You can find them at homefieldapparel.com where you can see their collection of colleges available. And guess what? Our listeners at Illini Inquire get 15% off their first order with discount code Illini23. Again, 15% off your first order at homefieldapparel.com with discount code Illini23. So as you go to Illinois football games, get ready for the Illinois basketball season, Home Field Apparel is the perfect apparel to get you ready for the upcoming season. So check them out at homefieldapparel.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, Jay, let's switch to defense uh, where there's a new coordinator I want to ask you a little bit about. But uh, yeah. there's also an, a new pass rush coordinator, outside linebackers coach, Charlie Bullen. And we talked about Johnny Newton, Keith Randolph. But Seth Coleman and Gay Backus are really good talents. They really like Alec Bryant as well. And Bielma talked all offseason about we can get more out of our pass rush. Like there was more meat on the bone there. So what do you think Bowen can do? How does he get more out of the pass rush this year? It's a good question. You know, I think I was reading an article that, that you wrote probably or somebody with a lot of inquire wrote, you know, about the outside linebackers. And, you know, what's kind of an anomaly is that it's such a potent defense that caused a lot of turnovers, yet the sacks were about middle of the road Big Ten, you know. And – um and you don't just pressure the quarterback to get sacks. You pressure the quarterback also to alter throws. And, and I would make the argument a lot of those throws were altered, right? Uh, we also had a lot of great defensive backs on the back end. I think we can all agree that that's been well-documented and proven. So, uh, but I do think um, they believe they have the, 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 the guys with the ability to get to the quarterback at each position. Um and, and when I say this, I, I might say, I don't know, usually don't count on your nose tackle, whether it's T-Ra or, or someone else to get to the quarterback. A lot of times they're not in on pass rush situations, but I believe on any given down, Gabe, Seth, even Alec Bryant, uh, Johnny, and, and, and Keith, can, they believe they can get to the quarterback, right? But as far as the outside backers, those are usually guys that should lead you in sacks. You're the edge rusher. Um, you're going against a tackle. A lot of times is one-on-one where an interior lineman's doubling up on you with centers and and uh and guards and whatnot so to bring charlie bullen in i think was it was a good move uh obviously he's coached a lot of great pass rushers um i want to see gabe take take the next step i think gabe you know he flashed at times 
But other times, I never think that Gabe gets blown up. I think he's very, very strong at the point of attack. But I think just consistency as far as making plays on a consistent level, when we talk about consistency, I think it's Seth Coleman. You know, and, and you and I have talked about Seth Coleman. and it's been, we, At times, he's one of the best football players on the field when he wants to be. He's a dominant player. He can totally cut off one side of the offense and has the range, the length, the strength, uh, the flexibility to be everything that you want in a 3-4 outside linebacker. And so I'm excited about Seth. Remember, Seth wasn't even starting going into the year until Zeke Holmes went out. You know, and then Seth kind of rose up. I believe that was the last year, wasn't it? Zeke got hurt last year. Well, it was two years ago. Isaiah Gay started the season. Seth started last year because then Gabe filled in. For okay, Zeke gotcha. Home. But, yeah, I mean, Seth got sophomore Seth got, you know, so – and there's Alec Bryant behind him. They need to get more out of it. And I think they'll do – I think they'll have – and here's why. Is they're going to have to really, you know – Make sure they block Johnny. Make sure they block Keith, right? So they're, they're going to get a lot of one-on-one matchups, but you have to win your, your fair share of one-on-one matchups, and I think that's what they're looking for. All right, Jay, uh, the secondary, uh, obviously brand-new secondary, no Matthew Bailey. Taz Nicholson is back. We did see Xavier Scott, Tyler Strain play some significant reps, but uh, a lot of newcomers at safety, including Miles Scott, uh, Clayton Bush, Demetrius Hill, Nicario Harper. Um, how do you think uh, Aaron Henry approaches this now? Is you know, I guess he's not a first-time play caller because he had the bowl game and had a pretty good performance. Yeah. But how does he approach a, a secondary with so many new guys when he does have a really good defensive front? Yeah, so it's it's well documented that that Illinois played man coverage a lot more than other teams, probably 70 75 percent. I don't see them being able to do that this year. You don't have a Devin Witherspoon who is literally an eraser for somebody, yeah. right? You don't have a a Swiss Army knife guy like Quan Martin, who can do a lot of different things. So he would come down and play the star. He would come down and play nickel. He would play safety. And you don't have Sidney Brown, who was equally good in the box as he was on the top of the field. So we had some unique, uh, unique guys. And, and and let's not forget Kendall Smith. You know, I think Kendall Smith did a great job being a roof on the defense as well. So, but but turning the page here, Taz was a good football player. Like we we talked about, Taz Taz is kind of like a Tasmanian Devil when he plays. Very physical. Hurts himself a lot. I feel like he's in concussion protocol a decent amount. He hurt his wrist. But uh, the defensive level went down last year when Taz went out. And I, and I love Taz. I think Taz epitomizes the toughness and physicality of this team as far as a pound-for-pound pound guy. This guy certainly has a, some pound-for-pound pound toughness to him. Xavier Scott, we've heard all year how good Xavier Scott's been doing. He had a baptism by fire moments with all the motion that Michigan put him through, as we know. But he's moved on from that. I think he's going to be a good football player. Um I don't, wouldn't be surprised with Matthew Bailey being banged up to put somebody like Clayton Bush out there that has some experience um, and, and you know, kind of feels out to make some of the younger guys a little bit uh, more at peace. I mean, who do we think is going to be the other corner? Is that Strain, Tyler Strain? I think Strain would be okay. the guy right now. They, they usually love to have, you know, two or three corners that they can bring in, right? Um, and that was great about Quan because he could play corner if he needed to. And so – um, there's a lot of, and I know they got, they've recruited well at this position, right? I mean, they, they've, they believe they have some guys, um, but man, there's, there's going to be a learning curve and let's just hope that that defensive line works in tandem and gets the quarterback in time, right? Because that's going to make their job infinitely easier. So if they're more zone Jay, which we, we would expect, I don't know if that's 
zone, 50% man or 60% man, 40%. What does that mean for the defense? Well, I just, here's the thing. The biggest thing that changes as a defensive player is you wear your eyes at in man coverage. My eyes are on my man. And so what I, what ends up happening is, is I have no other awareness usually of another route of what the route concept is other than what my guy's doing, or if the quarterback's going to run because my eyes aren't on the quarterback zone, my eyes are on the quarterback and my man. I can react to quarterback run. I'm now looking at different route concepts on how are they trying to bait me one way or the other? Am I trying to get, you know, trying to put a route in front of me that's some cheese for me as a rat to jump up on, you know, so they can throw right behind me. And so um, it's a little bit different, different style. And typically not always, for instance, Iowa is almost exclusively zone. A lot of eyes, the quarterback, many times, and eyes on the quarterback team will have more interceptions than a man team, but maybe give up a higher completion percentage. Okay. A man team might give up a lower completion percentage because the windows are tighter. They'll have more pass breakups rather than picks. Now that wasn't the case for Illinois. They were phenomenal in getting picks last year. Right. So there are caveats to it. Um, and you add that in with, Hey, we're going to bring pressure. Um, it can accelerate all those different things and, and, and change. Do I play man more? Do I play, play zone more? But I would, I would think that they would probably play zone more, especially with some of the offenses they're going to see early on mm-hmm. the first two weeks. Uh, these guys have ability to beat you one-on-one. And if you're beat one-on-one, there ain't nobody else there sometimes. And so I think, they're going to have more of a bend but, bend, but don't break feel early on. But remember, Aaron Henry's a corner. He was a corner. And I think he's got a lot of belief in the defensive backs and, and loves the competitiveness of man-to-man coverage. Not only as a player, but, I mean, we saw what he did with Devin Witherspoon, the development there. Yeah. All right, Jay, you mentioned it. Uh, this early schedule, it's exciting from a competitive standpoint, but it could be a little nerve-wracking because this is a tough non-conference schedule when you get Toledo and Kansas right away uh, playing good football. Then Penn State after that, Purdue at the end of the month. What's key for Illinois early is, is they kind of break in new quarterback, new secondary here. Yeah, so uh, first off, you know, and it's not a knock on Illinois football. I just know how college football is. Um, Illinois could be undefeated. Illinois could be three and one. Illinois could be two and two. Illinois could be one and three at the end of September. And I don't think we should push the panic button on any of those, just so you know, because this is college football and anything can happen. And we don't have, um, we don't have a directional, you know, you know, tech A&M, you know, Southwest tech A&M, Texas. We don't have that team on this, on this, on this schedule, right? I mean, these are all solid football teams, even FAU solid football team with some familiar big 10 faces and and Ed Warner, stuff like that. So anyway, um, so what do they have to do? I think you have to find one or two things that are your bell cows early on that you can rely on. Right. Um, We don't know what that is offensively for this team. Our top running back's gone and our quarterback is new. Okay. So what is the bell cow? Well, usually it's, it's running the football and playing defense. I also think that if I'm the defensive coordinator and Aaron Henry and I'm Brett Bielema, I say, guys, the game, these four games are on you. You've got to be the difference in these games. You have the, um, you have the, the biggest fair share of like, I would say senior leaders on that team with Johnny and Keith and, and Gabe. And so I know we have, 
you know, some linebackers and whatnot and, and, and that have had some experience in Tariq Barnes. But that's the biggest thing is I think they've got to find out what can they hang their hat on. Um, and initially, in all these early games, you'll see it. Whoever, and this is for any game, but turnovers are so critical in these games. And I'm, I'm concerned because we have a brand new quarterback who doesn't have near the experience of Tommy DeVito. I think there's going to be some turnovers. How do we respond and how do we create turnovers? Because those are the ultimate equalizer in any football game. Yeah, like I'm almost expecting a little growing pains, Jay. Yeah. It's, can, can you survive that? Uh, how do how does Altmaier respond to that? How does the secondary respond to that? How does right. the entire team? Because right. you know, Toledo and Kansas, I think, kind of two similar teams. Kansas maybe a little bit more explosive, not very strong on defense. Right. But um, th- these are two, I think, great tests for Luke Altmaier and the secondary right away if you're looking to see what you got. And, and I will say this, as hindsight's 2020, we would have said that that Virginia was a similar type of offense to – Yep. Kansas, explosive, throws the football all over yard. Brendan Armstrong is a proven commodity, and they were just demolished. Despite only having three or four turnovers in the first quarter, they were absolutely demolished by Illinois. So hindsight's twenty twenty. If you don't mind, I, I do want to talk a little bit about the linebackers. You know, I, yep. I uh, you know, I, I can't go without the linebackers. I think Tariq Barnes is one of the better football players in this conference. He's not highly praised. He doesn't have stats that jump up. But I will tell you what, I think Tariq Barnes is an NFL linebacker. I really do. I think, um, you know, I think this is his sixth year here. Let's give uh, fifth, 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 yeah, fifth year. I'll give Miles Smith his credit for finding. You know, I think he was out of Memphis, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think Tariq Barnes is going to be a great football player for this team. I think he's very solid at the point of attack and pass coverage and leadership. I've heard a lot about Dylan Rosiak. I don't know uh, other than what I've seen on special teams. He's been solid on special teams, but you know, high school tailback, one of the first guys they recruited here and wanted to get here. Doesn't have a lot of height, but a lot of those Wisconsin backers back in the day, notably Chris Borland, didn't have a lot of height either, you know, that played for Brett. So um, they're happy about him, and, and, and they like James Cruz. They think that James has really, really um, come along, and I think that you'll see James Cruz on the football field getting meaningful reps. And so when I talk about inside linebackers, those are the three that pop out to me. Certainly there could be more, but right now I think those are the three that you'll see get the majority of the reps. Yeah, Kenan Odaluga in, involved Odaluga. in there too. Yeah, Odaluga, in the I didn't use because he was used kind of as a pass rush specialist yep. last year. Um, but he's another guy, you know, built like a superhero. Uh, right. Right. He's 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 pretty yoked up. You know, he's got some Rashard Mendenhall biceps. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, ridiculous, ridiculous biceps. Um, before I ask you what your expectations are for the season, Jay, you mentioned special teams earlier. It hurt Illinois last year, yeah. especially the inconsistency. Uh, and you think of how many close games they were in. Whether it was Michigan State, Indiana, some of these games, sure. uh, Michigan, um, it, it matters. It makes a huge difference. And with as many toss-up games as I see on the schedule, they got to improve there. Yeah, I, I would, and, and you know they brought in. Um, it's is it Robbie Drisher or Disher? Disher, Disher, yeah, Disher. Guys, I'm still getting my names right, but by but by by the time I go on air for Big Ten Network t- on Wednesday, I'll be all good. Uh, Disher, um, uh, they brought him in from Tulane. Tulane played well on special teams last year. You know, you don't have a year like Tulane had w- without doing that. I, I believe they beat, was it Utah? No, USC in the New Year's Six game? I believe I so, yeah. I believe it was in the Cotton Bowl. I believe they beat USC in the Cotton Bowl. And, um, you know, I, I don't think you do that without being excellent on special teams. Uh, let's give Illinois also, they were coming off of with um, – uh, Blake, K- Blake, K's, oh, well, Blake K's and McCord, but but Ben um, Miller. Ben Miller, 
Ben Miller obviously had to step down. They had, you know, um, it was uh, Coach Snyder step in. And so they, they, they haven't had the continuity on the special teams as they've had on the spots, right? And so I, I believe we're going to take a big jump with, with Coach Disher. I believe that uh, Caleb Griffin's healthy from what we know. I don't think he was 100% healthy at times last year. We know that because Fabrizio came in and did some good things. But I, I think if Caleb Griffin's healthy and, and Disher has it going, and, and, and the biggest thing is this, when you start to recruit better, and when you start to get better talent, your special teams go up because your starters for 2024, 25, 26 are on the field. Dylan Rosiak was on the field last year as a special team guy, right? Odaluga was on the field last year as a special team guy. Xavier Scott was on the field last year as a special team guy. And now those guys are starters, right? And so um, that's really key is that we're improving the depth. And I think that's the thing I'm the most excited about. And you get to see it because you guys follow recruiting so so well on Line I Inquire, is that the very depth of the program is is so much better than it has been in years past. And that's what I'm excited about. Yeah, it's definitely getting there. Like you can handle some injuries at certain positions. Other positions, like defensive line, a little concerned. Um, but yeah, I, I think they're getting way better for the most part. All right, Jay, what, what are your expectations for the season? I know it can all change, um, but Going into this year, I mean, you sound a little bullish on them from, from what we said in the early segment. Yeah, you know, here, here's the deal. I, I, I think this team could have anywhere on the high end to – I think this team could be a 10-win team in the regular season. I also think this team could be a 5-win team in the regular season. Um, that's a huge span, right? And But, but, but they're right there as a program where they're, they're very even with people. Um, the player development has been fantastic under Brett. But I think you really see the player development in that first full recruiting cycle of how they do it. So year four, year five, we're, we're not quite there yet. We hear Brett say comments all the time, like, I wish this guy was here earlier and he yeah. would be this. He's got a lot of confidence in himself as opposed to maybe another coach in developing players, which I'm glad he does, right? Yeah. He should. He's been a great developer of talent. And so I don't think we've seen the full result of Brett Bielema's system on players yet. We, we've certainly had some of it. We saw that with Devin Witherspoon for sure and other players and Johnny and Keith and, and, and Isaiah Adams or you know, all that. But I, I think it could be a five win team. It could be a 10 win team. I think if you hammer it out, obviously I want to be really positive because uh, I'm an Illini fan, but I think eight wins is where this team ends up. But I, I do think they're in the thick of the big 10 West in, in week 12 and week 13. I mean, I think they're right there with it. And I think they could be West division champions even with three losses in the West. I really do. Uh, three losses, excuse me, in Big Ten play. Um, so that's where I see where they're at. Um, again, I can see them going up as high as 10 wins. I could see them going up as five wins. They can beat anybody on their schedule, but we all know this. Sometimes you lay an egg and sometimes you cook a steak, right? The reality is, is like it's, some days you're not your best day and some days are, you know, really good. And so we got to find out which days those land on. And that's what's exciting about this season, Jay, is the, the possibilities are so big because every game, if they lay an egg, they can lose. Like every game, if they cook a steak, they can win. Right? right. Like that's that's what's so interesting about how the schedule is all set up. You know, and, and, and so it, it's fascinating. And, and I think you got to realize, like, anybody can beat you at this level, right? People are athletes, right? And um, we've had our fair shares over the last decade, not under Brett, but of losing the MAC teams, of losing the teams that, you know, we, we shouldn't, we shouldn't lose to. Right. Um, and we've had our fair share of, you know, looking at a bit team like Michigan state last year, who was not a good football team 
come in and just completely outplay us, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and then we, we, we have games where we completely outplay another team like Wisconsin, who probably wasn't as bad as they played against us, but they laid an egg, we, we cooked the steak. So I, I think it just goes back and forth. One thing I, I just, I don't, I don't lose sleep over with the staff is I don't think we're never, we're always going to be prepared. Yep. I don't think we're not going to be prepared. I know we're going to be prepared. I know uh, Brett is a wizard on situational football. I think he knows exactly what he's doing. He knows his game plan and what he wants to do. Do we have the horses in the stable to execute all the time that we need to? Maybe, maybe, maybe not yet. We'll see. Yeah, it seems like the Brett Bielmer is all about every game seems competitive for the most part, too. So uh, anybody coming to a game, feel like it's going to be a competitive game. Well, and, you know, I, and in his defense, that's kind of been the Big Ten West thing. I mean, Iowa never really blows people out. Uh, with Minnesota kind of grinds games. Northwestern, I think, is the king of winning or losing close games in a year. You know, mm -hmm. so I think that's really but, – but when you have this much coaching turnover in a division – Listen, huge. it's a huge opportunity. Yes. Huge opportunity. I don't care how good a coach you are or where you come from. There's going to be a learning curve for mm -hmm. each one of those teams. I don't, I, you know, I, I not knock on that rule or Luke Fickle or Ryan Walters or David Braun. There's going to be some times where like, man, they're not as going to be running as efficiently as a third year program coach like Brett's team's running. It's just not there yet. And so I'm excited to see the opportunity that Illinois has. Yep. Uh, that's why I have Iowa, Minnesota, Illinois, all in my top four in the Big Ten West. It's got continuity. Uh, here's the deal. I don't think there's a team like, you know, as, as, the, as, as the great Don Harden, former Illinois volleyball coach said, and I'm quoting him here. I, I've been told he's been said, he said this, and I, it's a good quote, so I like it. I'm sure other coaches have said it, is if you're looking at the schedule and there's no patsies, you're the patsy, right? Um, and but I, I would say that's not necessarily the case here. I think anybody that looks at the schedule and sees Illinois is saying, okay, yeah, like we're gonna play that. We already played that. It's, there's no pushover thing. I think I was looking on Penn State, I was talking about Penn State. We were doing a Penn State thing with Big Ten Network, and a lot of fans are really scared about that Illinois game in week three, right? I mean, they know they gotta beat Michigan and they know they gotta beat Ohio State. But the way they see it, if, if we lose to, to Illinois and then we split with Michigan or Ohio State, we're out yep. of the Big Ten championship, right, uh, as far as the East division goes, okay? And so to them, that is a huge, huge football game on the 16th because they realize, especially what happened two years ago, Illinois can beat them and, and probably, um, you know, has the horses uh, to consistently beat them. Uh, so we'll see. I, I'm, I'm excited about that game as well. But that's three weeks on the road. Jay Lamb, it's good to talk ball again, man. Uh, and looking forward to next week, next Monday, we can do it again talking about a real game. Instead of talking about what could happen, we'll get to start talking about what did happen. So And, and, and get to see the players. You know, yes. I mean, I know there is so much secrecy around every college football practice now. And so it's not unique to Illinois. But, you know, I just remember – Random people coming to watch him practice. You can just walk right up to the stadium back in the day, uh, almost all the time, it felt like, you know? Um, so it was interesting. But uh, times have changed. I'm looking forward to it. Great season. Listen, there's nothing like college football in the Midwest at this time of year and the fall and the weather and the first week. What I love, we used to be excited because we were always undefeated the first week of the season. There was expectations that were high, you know? We usually had our uh, balloon pop by week three or four, but uh, – we, this year's going to be different. Jalen, you're the goods, man. Appreciate it.
All right, see you, bud. I'm very excited to announce a new partnership with Underdog Fantasy. We decided to partner with Underdog because it's the easiest place to play fantasy sports. It's also the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Underdog Fantasy has a lot to offer, including their Pick'em game. In Pick'em, you pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. It's so easy to play. Just pick two to five stats of your favorite players and choose whether they'll go higher or lower. You can more than 20 times your amount of money by going five for five. They also have a best ball mania. If you think you know football, you got to check this one out. This year's best ball mania has 50 million in total prizes up for grabs with the winner taking home 3 million. So sign up today with promo code Illini and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with my promo code Illini to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. You must be 18 plus and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concern with your play? Call 1-800-522-4700 or visit ncpgambling.org. Thank you to Jay Lehman. As always, he is the goods. I loved breaking down college football with him in Illinois, of course, and we will do that throughout the Illinois football season, so be ready for that every Monday. We'll try to get it up afternoon, evening, sometime, hopefully by the time you're getting in your car for the ride home if you're a normal 9 to 5, uh, but all that great conversation with Jay Lehman every Monday of the college football season. We love it. Uh, him and Michael Tulip add so much from playing the game, knowing the game, breaking down the game. Uh, we can't uh, thank them enough for just their insight into it, and hopefully you guys enjoy it all the time. We're getting into our game week stuff, talking with Brett Bielma and the coordinators today on Monday. We'll have takeaways away from that at IlliniInquirer.com. Already talked with a Toledo beat writer, talked about the game, asked my five questions with him. So we got the Know the Foe coming up, our preview and picks, our overs and unders. We're starting to get into a rhythm here, and we will have football on Saturday night from Memorial Stadium. We are looking forward to it. And, of course, you can get all of your Illini football coverage needs filled at IlliniInquirer.com. Follow us here on the podcast. We'll try to do three or four podcasts a week here, including the post-game previews, recap with Jay Lehman, all of that, uh, with basketball sprinkled in there throughout the fall. So be on the lookout for that on the Illini Inquirer podcast and at IlliniInquirer.com and our YouTube channel as well. Give us a like, follow, rating, review, podcast, wherever you get them. You guys know what to do. Go to IlliniInquirer.com, VIP sub for just $1.00. And you might have a great deal coming later this week for our kickoff special as well. So be on the lookout for that as well. Thank you guys for listening to the Illini Enquirer podcast. Have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Enquirer podcast. Bye, everybody.